great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right, one month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. Patreon podcast debut edition with Gray Albright and Donkey Teeth. Gray, what's happening, man? Hey, what's going on, Donkey? Wait, um, so we're charging people for this, but so we we should try and make it as you know entertaining as possible. But on the other hand, we got it. This is our first episode, so if we make this one too entertaining. What would we do for future episodes? You know what I mean? That's always kind of been my motto throughout life is is find that middle zone. Don't don't get the expectations too high off the bat. Right. You want to you want to be able to lower the expectations, but you also want to have people be like, "Well, I mean there was promise." <laughs> yeah, it was okay. I, I'll listen again. <laughs> I mean promise is really like that's the key. If you can find promise in something then you're like yeah okay i mean there was something there it wasn't a complete waste of my time but really i mean starting something during the uh covid19 coronavirus pandemic what else are people really doing are are they doing other things i don't know yeah it depends how how uh how responsible they're feeling on on any given day i think uh, we're we're in day seventy six of quarantine here, and uh, there's not a whole lot to talk about with baseball. You're covering that with Ralph. We may hit on a little bit here, right? But we're mostly going to be talking uh, some television shows. Everybody's looking for something to watch right now. Uh, movies, uh, Gray's coffee maker issues. Uh, <laughs> you got a good story for us too. Wait, we got we got some segments planned out. We really have no idea what we're doing, but we're going to figure it out here, right? Yeah, no, I think so. I mean, what? I have nothing else. This is like, you know, we'll do it for uh, during the pandemic. And if it doesn't work, I mean, no harm, no foul, really. I mean, other than people spending $5 a month. I mean, can you seriously? What else are you getting for that? I mean, you can't. It's not like you can go out and get a cup of coffee. I know I can't. That's why I got coffee maker problems. (laughs) 
<laughs> you get a half a bag of coffee beans. Well, probably more like a third of a bag of coffee beans. <laughs> right? I mean, not in L.A. I'm not getting nothing. I can barely park for $5. The uh, Actually, you know, with parking, I had the craziest. This is a, uh, a pre-corona story. Pre-corona story, dude. We should have, like, uh, sound effects. Pre-corona story. <laughs> I had uh, me and my mom and stepfather and Coogs. Uh, we went into New York City one time to go get a bite to eat. Like I don't even remember. I think it was like it was like uh, I think it was an Asian restaurant. Maybe it was Japanese. I don't remember. Anyway, we uh, we did this. Uh, we parked at a garage, and it the uh, the parking at the garage for three hours was seventy five dollars. <laughs> That I will never forget that. I mean, anyone who says to me like, uh, oh, you know, five dollars for a month to listen to you talk nonsense, like, okay, agreed, it is nonsense, but you could be parking in New York for seventy five dollars. All right. Yeah, they should they should be paying us just to make them not pay to park. Right? Yeah. Seriously, send me PayPal me your money, and I will make sure you can. <laughs> All right, so we got we got the pre-corona story time segment. Uh, we've got stimulus check segment coming up. Gray's got a lot of great ideas on how you can spend that stimulus money that you just got. And then we got a surprise guest call. Uh, hopefully, they don't know we're calling, um, so we'll see if they pick up. But that's going to be later in the show. <laughs> and we've also got a mailbag. Well, you can do a uh, well. How many uh, how many times can you park for twelve hundred dollars? In New York, you can park 10 times. No, wait, 15. You can park like 15 times in New York City with your stimulus check. Or you can do a oh, 15 minute, a, $1 for 15 minutes uh, in LA, which is, you can park for 1,200 minutes in LA. So I don't know. What else are you spending your money on? <laughs> Well, you know, parking may be down. There's not probably not a whole lot of people parking. Maybe they lowered the prices in, uh, in New York. It's all about supply and demand, yeah, all right? Right. Yeah, we got a large supply of parking spots, and we have very little demand. And uh, we've also got a mailbag segment. We've got a, we've got one question from the audience. We've reached out to to one of our loyal listeners. He's he's already committed to uh, paying the the lofty five dollars for. <laughs> for the show can you imagine like if someone were to tell you like and and, oh by the way and donkey teeth and i are splitting it so we're only getting 250 yeah watch out two dollars and 50 where's my two dollars i um can you imagine if someone would have told you like maybe i don't know even a even even six months ago, but let's say five years ago, if you're like, someone was like, you're gonna spend an hour of your life talking nonsense for two dollars and fifty cents. Where's the tears of it? I want to stick my head in it. What? <laughs> what is happening to the world? Here's, wait a minute. Oh, hold on a second. I was like, ah. Uh, Ten years ago, I was a uh, working Hollywood writer uh, writing for uh, Warner Brothers. And now, <laughs> ten years later, I'm talking nonsense for $2. <laughs> With some guy by the name of Donkey Teeth. <laughs> oh, my God. This is the worst. Well, if we get 10,000 people to sign up, we're going to make real money. <laughs> <laughs> 
spray paint the word life on the side of my car, and then I'm going to scream the coot. Don't stop. I'm jumping out of one. Uh, so we do. Our question from the audience is uh, a little bit about that background. So if you guys are interested in learning a little bit more about who Gray Albright is, we'll see if we can can pry a little bit more information out of him later. But off the bat, Gray, let's talk about what everybody's looking for is uh, some TV recommendations. I know I'm uh, really flying through all of the content on Netflix and, and Hulu and a lot of good stuff out there on Amazon we've been talking about. But what are you, what are you watching right now? Oh, man, I got... <laughs> well, my, uh, my TV viewing is... Uh, it depends on whether or not Coogs is available. If Coogs is available, then I can watch whatever she wants to watch. <laughs> I'm, I'm allowed. And usually what she wants to watch is stuff that I want to watch. So it's like I have, um, you know, like it, it took us probably about, I want to say, three years to get through like two seasons of Better Call Saul. I mean, it takes forever. And even during the pandemic, like I'm like, what are you doing tonight? There's literally nothing to do. And she's like. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do I'm like, come on. You don't need to go and do a breathing class in the other room. Please, please, for the love of God, don't do this. Don't do this nonsense, uh, like clean up the house. <laughs> Watch TV with me. Stop. Stop cleaning up things. I, uh, yeah, no. So I said to her uh, last night, I was like, you know, I want to watch Bosch. <laughs> do you want to watch it? And I'm like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, in the, uh, and Bosch is on uh, Amazon. Uh, and in the back of my mind, I'm like, please let her say she doesn't want to watch it, please. Because <laughs> if she doesn't want to watch it, then I can watch a show in like, literally, like, I'll start it at like 8 a.m., excuse me, at 8 p.m. And I will watch like maybe five episodes and be done with the show in like a day and a half. But if she wants to watch it, uh, which she did, she wanted to watch Bosch. Um, so we've started that on Amazon. It's on, I didn't realize it's in like, it's sixth season. It's awesome. It is such a great show. Have you watched it at all? Well, we watched a couple episodes. I, I thought it was okay. Uh, it wasn't one of those that really hooked me. You turned uh, us on to uh, The Americans on, uh, this was FX. I think it's on Hulu. Uh, we really liked that one. We cruised through the first season, but Bosch, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll probably go back to it. We didn't like not like it, but it wasn't one of those things where we're like, champing at the bit to, to yeah. get back into it. I can see that. The thing with, I, I feel like with Bosch, it's kind of like a, uh, it's like a, a smart person's, which is just, I'm just now, I'm charging people $5 to get insulted. But I'm like, it's like a five, it's like a $5 Patreon podcast of Law and Order. It's like a, it's like a smart person's law and order is what I was going to say. It's like not necessarily, it's not like the height of television by any stretch of the imagination. Like you won't see it uh, show up on like a random like uh, Twitter tournament poll of like, uh, what are the best shows ever? And Bosch is not going to be there. Uh, I think it's probably, you know, out of all the shows we watch, because Coogs and I only really watch like good shows like we don't like i watch bad shows as well she doesn't watch them like i'll watch the challenge on mtv i'll watch uh, i love survivor she doesn't watch these shows she won't watch reality shows um she doesn't watch like top chef which i, I don't even think top chef's a bad show necessarily but she won't watch that i do 
I'll watch anything really, but she only watches like prestige TV. And Bosch is probably on the bottom of what I would consider prestige. Like, you know, like the Americans, Ozark, um, what else? Uh, Sopranos, The Wire. People know what prestige is. Like, you know, the, t- the, the topper echelon. Bosch isn't that, but for whatever reason, I've been able to convince her to watch it, and I like it. She likes it. It's like a, uh, it's a detective drama for sure. I mean, the, uh, you know, it's uh, based on the book by, uh, oh God, who is it by? Uh, <laughs> let me see. It is uh, Michael Connelly. Yeah, I should have known that. Okay, yeah. Anyway, it's like a, uh, a series based on the uh, Harry Bosch series by Connelly. It's great. I mean, it's. It's not like, you know, it's not like something that really sticks with you after and it makes you like want to read the reviews about it. But it's totally like it's it's good. I mean, it's just like it's just a standard detective drama that's just good, entertaining, you know, easy an easy watch that isn't necessarily easy and dumb, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'd give it, you know, I've only watched maybe three or four episodes, but I'm thinking maybe like a six out of ten. What do you think about that rating? Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's about, and I feel like that's probably Coogs' cutoff. I would say mm-hmm. Coogs is like a, she's like a six. <laughs> I hope she doesn't hear this. Now, actually, <laughs> she would never pay five dollars to listen to me talk, so we know <laughs> she's never going to hear this. <laughs> she's, she's like, you pay me five dollars and maybe I'll listen to you. Well, maybe I, if you tell her donkey teeth, son. Yeah, yeah, totally. No, she's actually a, a, a huge fan of Donkey Teeth. We'll uh, we'll have to talk on another podcast about how like you're gonna be uh, you're doing um, you're doing tele tele yoga. <laughs> is that what they call it? What's what is it called? Tele yoga? I guess I've never really. Uh, yeah, I just call it uh, internet yoga. I'm an internet yoga star now. I've got two classes a week, and uh, yeah, yeah. She emailed me back. She's gonna be hopefully if her schedule permits. And you're not making her watch television shows. She'll be at my class this coming Tuesday. Uh, right. So yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited for that's for something. Tuesday. Hey, nothing else. We'll do two episodes of this Patreon podcast, and then next week we can talk about you teaching Coogs to bend over. <laughs> All right, Coogs, bend over a little more. You know, actually. Um, a side note. I uh, well, actually, this entire podcast is side notes, but. <laughs> I was, uh, she was doing um, at one of her uh, classes, like she's got like uh, breathing, yoga, uh, she does like uh, meditation. I mean, she's doing all kinds of nonsense. No, well, she needs all the help she can get living with you staying sane, right? <laughs> That's true. Gotta try anything. So anyways, she's doing like a, a meditation class the other day where, uh, you know, she's got the lights off. It's like three in the afternoon. She got the lights off, and she's in the room, like, uh, umming. I'm like, um. And so I walk in. I'm looking for a, a, a LaCroix. Um, <laughs> I'm looking for a seltzer. I'm like, hey, you know where the mango seltzers are? <laughs> and I know she's there because we're in quarantine. So, of course, she's home, but she doesn't answer. So I'm, like, louder. I'm like, the mango LaCroix, where is it? <laughs> like screaming at the top of my lungs and finally she's like oh i can i can hear her like whispering in the other room like hold on a second i'm sorry i'm sorry everyone hold on <laughs> she's kind of like mute 
She's muting. She's muting the computer. And, and like, you could hear her fumbling around for the mute button. And finally, she's like, it's in the refrigerator where it always is. I'm like, why didn't you answer me? I don't know where the salt is. She's like, you know where it is, and I'm doing meditation. Leave me alone. I'm like, oh, my bad. Oh, my man. bad. I did not know. So anyway, a saint, man. Yeah, no, Kuz really is a saint. That is 100% true. So anyway, yeah, I'm watching Bosch right now. Uh, we're also watching Better Call Saul. Are you watching that? Yeah, yeah. Better Call Saul is a classic. It, yeah, I assume you watch Breaking Bad too, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I uh, – okay, so in the uh, big picture, uh, Breaking Bad I feel like is so much better than, than Better Call Saul. And I – like when people are like – Better Call Saul is as good as or better than Breaking Bad. I'm like, I don't know if I'm just remembering Breaking Bad differently or if these other people are dumb because I, I don't really feel like – like I like Better Call Saul. I don't think it's up to anywhere near Breaking Bad though. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I, I agree. I think it's probably like recency bias. You know, it's uh, they've got it on now, so they just don't remember how good Breaking Bad was. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. I don't know. I liked um, – like I, I feel like Better Call Saul might feel it to me. It feels like they are stretching nothing into something, whereas like Breaking Bad felt like they were compressing something into nothing. If that makes sense. Like in Breaking Bad, like they'll have a whole episode, like the Fly episode. They'll do a whole episode that is compressed into like you know that one little room. And it's a bottle episode. And, you know, a lot of people actually didn't like that episode. But I, I, was, I was a real fan of that episode. And I really like the, uh, the way that they would get down into the, um, the minutia of being a drug dealer. I thought it was really fascinating. And I love that. Where Better Call Saul, I feel like I'm waiting for, like, they're, they're, they try and do the same stuff. Like, um, you know, one example is, like, they had an uh, episode recently where, you know, these drug dealers – that Saul, Saul was going to end up having to defend these drug dealers, but we didn't know that at the time. But they start off with showing these quick cuts of these drug dealers going through everything that takes them into prison. So it's like, you know, quick cuts of them being in the car and smoking drugs and then breaking in a place. And it was like this long, drawn-out montage where I knew what they were doing. Like, they were setting up these guys that Saul was going to defend, but it was like, I don't care. Like, just get move, like move the story along. Um, so, you know, like that was like one example I have, you know, there's a ton of examples where it's just like, it feels like they're stretching soul out into something that it's not. Whereas Breaking Bad, they were like, they were jamming everything in where, I don't know. It just, to me, Breaking Bad is just much better. And this is not to say I don't like Better Call Saul. I do. I just, I feel like Better Call Saul is as good as Bosch, like, to be honest. I'd probably give Better Call Saul a little better rating. I'd probably have it up there around seven and a half out of ten versus Bosch. But the best parts I do agree are kind of when they they do start to weave the storyline in with Breaking Bad. There was like another level level of depth to uh, the Breaking Bad uh, series, right? And Breaking Bad, like Breaking Bad, had the um, that had the background of having the uh, you know it had the ability to make you care about all these different characters to the point where you even cared about Saul Goodman without even knowing Better Call Saul at that point. Like, you cared about Saul even though 
there was no Better Call Saul at that point, right? With Breaking Bad. But yeah. then when you go back and you look at and you watch Breaking uh, and if you watch Better Call Saul, that's like standing on the shoulders of Breaking Bad. Like without Breaking Bad, do you really care about like what happens with Gus and Nacho, or is it because you care about them because of how much you know from Breaking Bad? Yeah, I, th I think that's what it is. And, and yeah, I don't know that that I would enjoy Better Call Saul anywhere near as much if I hadn't watched Breaking Bad, which is what you're kind of getting at. Yeah, no, totally. Like, that's the whole thing. Like, if you take away Breaking Bad and you just say, okay, here is the storyline of Gus Frings, you'd be like, oh, this guy just owns a fast food restaurant and he deals – like, what? Who cares? I don't care about this at all. Like, or if you had, like, the whole last season – which was entertaining. Like, don't get me wrong. I do like Better Call Saul. But, like, that whole last season where Mike was watching after the Germans, you had that and you're like, if you didn't have Breaking Bad and knew that that became their, like, headquarters, you'd be like, why do I care about this warehouse thing? Do I really care? Yeah. No, I'm with you. So it's kind of like, you know, in a way, it's like if you watch um, – you know, Godfather 2, which is, you know, great movie on its own, maybe even better than Godfather 1, but it, it's great. But that's another one where it's like, without Godfather 1, there is no Godfather 2, even though Godfather 2 is good and moves the story forward. Yeah, agreed. So what do you give him Better Call Saul? Yeah, you've got like right there on Bosch at 6 out of 10? Nah, I'd probably say with, I, I, you know, it's probably being a little bit, I mean, but I really do like Bosch. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I feel like, Bosch is an easier watch, and it's a little bit more fun. Where Better Call Saul, the highs are much higher. Like Better Call Saul can reach excellence at times. Like this, you know, past week, past week's episode was like one of the best episodes they've ever done. That was a great episode. I would say Better Call Saul probably is closer to like a seven and a half, like you said. Okay. Then we got the Americans, which you turned, you and Rudy both uh, have watched the entire. There's six seasons out there, so that's. If you're looking for something, you never watched The Americans. It's a uh, spy spy show. Eighties husband and wife are uh, KGB spies, and they're they ha they have a, a family, and their kids don't know that they're spies, and uh, they're living in in the U.S. doing Russian spy things, and it's really well done. It's it's kind of at times predictable, but you really don't mind. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, no, I like, I love The Americans. The, the Americans was like my favorite show when it was on. I think I, uh, I liked The Americans probably as much as I liked Breaking Bad, and I liked uh, Breaking Bad a lot. So yeah, no, The Americans is like, I would say, like The Americans alone with, uh, like I love like Noah Emmerich, uh, who is the uh, FBI agent, the next door neighbor. He is so phenomenal. I actually, I know, I knew him, uh, like his ex-wife was friends with Coogs and I, I know him personally, so I might be a little bit biased, but I love like his whole character is just incredible. One of like one of my favorite like side characters. Like he's not the lead by any stretch of the imagination, um, which Elizabeth and Philip are, but yeah, Noah Emmerich's just amazing in that. What, uh, what else I, I also, is he in? His, his face is so familiar, but I can't put uh a lot of really small stuff, nothing really major. I, the uh, Americans was by far his biggest role. He was like, you know, uh, real like side character roles in like, I want to say he was in like uh, Copland. Like, oh, he was a big, you know, he was in late 90s. He was like beautiful girls. Uh, 
He was in um, Life, uh, Ted Demi movie. Uh, he was in a lot of Ted Demi movies, actually. Ted, Ted Demi was a director uh, who passed away, who uh, I actually worked for uh, briefly. Uh, he was a good guy. He, uh, he did too many drugs, though, and he uh, died on the basketball court. Uh, and then um, what else did Noah Emmerich was in so many, like, he's a side characters in the, the small roles, like stuff that you wouldn't necessarily ever uh, know, like him. Like, you wouldn't watch it because of him, but the Americans, he was just like Stan Beeman. I used to joke when the Americans was on that uh, Stan Beeman, he looks like uh, Freddie Freeman, <laughs> the Braves' first baseman. I was like, <laughs> I, used to, I used to only see Freddie Freeman for a while. But I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think the uh, also like you're only through one season, I think, right? Right. Yeah, I, I think that show actually gets better. It's a great show, like it's a phenomenal show. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of jealous that you, you still haven't even seen some of the stuff that's coming. Like some of the season and episodes that are on their way are just phenomenal. So yeah, no, that's a good one. I liked it. I actually, my favorite show uh, that seems to get very little critical acclaim is Ozark. I'm uh, like, I am such a huge fan of Ruthie, uh, Julia Gardner. And uh, the way like um, they have made uh, Laura Linney, who is, was the first season, it was like a concern, like, okay, is Ozark going to be Breaking Bad uh, part two kind of, because it was like setting up like normal family and Jason Bateman was Breaking Bad. But then they, uh, you know, they did a reversal where it feels like almost like Laura Linney has taken over the Walter White role. And she's like, she is brilliant in, uh, you know, that role uh, because you never really saw anything like it from her before. And also Jason Bateman as like he gets like some sort of like you would never have expected him to come from a, uh, you know, a child star in the late 80s to doing what he's doing now in Ozark. I would have never anticipated that from him because he's like totally blown me away with like drama. And that's also Ozark's like, like pound for pound, one of the funnier shows on TV. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of Ozark as well. I think Better Call Saul, Ozark, the, uh, the Americans, Bosch. It's hard to go wrong with any of them. Yeah, I, I kind of thought you were joking about Ozark not getting critical acclaim. I feel like everybody's talking up Ozark right now. Yeah, maybe as a, you know, Julia Gardner won the Emmy, so maybe there is a, uh, maybe it's gotten more uh, better reception as the seasons have gone on. But I feel like a lot of people after the first season were like, eh, it's just like Breaking Bad, a, a redone. It's boring, you know. I don't know. I. I feel like there was a lot of pushback on Ozark early on, whereas then, like, the second season, it became, it, like, the second season arc for everyone was just so great. You know, when they went to, uh, when they were doing, dealing with the priest, and they were going back, and with um, Darlene, and the husband, and their uh, worker, and what happened there, it was just, like, it was brilliant, like, the second season was just so great that it actually got better from the first season. And then the third season was even better from the second season. So there was, like, a progression that you don't usually see where most shows either backslide a little bit or it's just not as good or it's or it's, or it's as good. But rarely do you see a show get better. And I, I think Ozark literally, like, was, like, a show that got better with each episode. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I think you're, you're spot on that the third season was the best and... 
and the second season was better than the first also. Um, I think I'd give Ozark, if we're putting these uh, a rating on all these, I think I'd give Ozark probably like a eight and a half out of ten. And the Americans, the Americans is... I like it. It sounds like you like it more than me, but maybe I'm coming up to to some better seasons. But I was going to give that around a seven and a half around Better Call Saul. Where are you ranking? Where, what kind of rating are you putting on the Americans and Ozark? Uh, I would say both of them are. Uh, I would say the Americans, because like, I know how it gets better and it, it's able to stick its landing, which is you know so important on some of these shows. Where like you know sometimes I don't really love the last season of a show or even, or the last episode can even ruin a show. Like lost was, I loved lost up until about season six or so. And then lost was like, eh, you're dumb. I don't like it. <laughs> you're really stupid. I, I mean, lost went off the deep end, like so dramatically toward in the last season. And then in the final episode, it was just like, wow, this is really dumb. I didn't think, I didn't think a show could get this stupid. Um, but like the Americans, I know for a fact already, cause I finished it, that it, it does stick the landing and is great. So I would have to say the Americans are ready for me. It's like a nine. I mean, the Americans is like one of the best shows of the last 20 years. I, I think the Americans, uh, is up there with like the Sopranos and some of the other great shows that have been on. Uh, and then, oh, and, and the wire, uh, Ozark. I feel like is about an eight right now, but it can move into the nine. It can move into the, uh, the Pantheon and get into the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the top slot. It would probably right now, I would say Ozark's much better than better call Saul, even though better call Saul, I'm saying is a seven and a half and Ozark's an eight. I would say there's a huge difference between seven and a half and eight. Ozark is excellent. It's really fun to watch. They can still screw it up, though, in the final. I think there's going to be two more seasons of it. Uh, where Better Call Saul, it's just about over. I don't see it getting better. I mean, I, I mean, we know what happens at the end. The only thing now with Better Call Saul is, like, what happens with her. Like, that's literally the only thing we care about with Better Call Saul. We're just waiting on what is the, the final thing for Kim. Like, does she, you know... Is something like, you know, fatal happens to her or is she just not on Breaking Bad and she's like uh, off screen? Like, we don't know yet, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's it's fine, though. It's good. I think that she's going to die. That's my guess. I think the, uh, well, my, my guess early on was like, so if people have, uh, you know, you might want to skip ahead a couple minutes <laughs> if you're, uh, if you haven't watched it yet, but my guess is that she died in the plane crash that was in Breaking Bad. So there's like, <laughs> you remember the break? You remember Breaking Bad when things started raining out of the sky? Yeah, I vaguely do now that you bring it up. Yeah, I that's that's been since the first season of Better Call Saul. That has always been my theory: is that she dies in the plane crash that they covered briefly in Breaking Bad, and that's what happened to her. I have no, you know, I have no insider information. I have no, I'm just guessing. That was my theory for, and that's been my theory the whole time. The a theory I heard recently that uh, sort of uh, piqued my interest, at least, was that the whole time in Better Call Saul, they were married. It's just you never saw Saul's uh, home life. So she was off screen the whole time. She was there, but you just never saw it. That's one theory I've heard about her. 
for Breaking Bad. Yeah, I suppose um, something would have had to happen at some point, though. He's because he, you know, he ends up at the the again. Skip ahead if you haven't listened, if you haven't watched. But the Cinnabon, uh, the Cinnabon. So I guess that's where the series starts of Better Call Saul, right? Right. So. But you never, yeah. But you never saw him uh, during the uh, Breaking Bad series. You never saw him off of. You never, you never saw him without Walter and Jesse or, you know, anything to do with his office. So he could have been having this life with Kim. That was the theory. This isn't my theory. I'm just saying this is a theory I heard uh, or read on, like, uh, Reddit backslash Better Call Saul. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was a theory I saw. Uh, my theory my theory is still the best. I haven't heard a single person say anything to do with my theory. Or I haven't read it, at least. Like, maybe I... I missed it uh, by someone else, but that's been my theory all along that, like, I'm surprised no one else is saying anything about that because, like, they made that whole huge thing in Breaking Bad about the plane crash. So I'm like, well, Kim was probably in that plane. I mean, that's, like, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe not, but that feels the most, like, the the best setup and payoff for me. I, yeah, I like the idea. I, I, I like that theory. Um a couple other shows. I don't know how much longer we want to go on on uh, TV here, Gray. But Devs, we've both been watching. That's a new one on FX. Pass, pass. I, I honestly, I I finished it. Devs was like good for moments, over eight episodes. And I like uh, Alex Garland, the uh, the creator of the show. He's also did uh, Ex Machina, which is a good movie. I would say go watch that movie and skip Devs, but I don't know. You seem to like Devs better than I did. I like Devs. I mean, we talked about it. I, after I watched the first episode, I told you to to, to watch it, and you had already seen uh, the first few, and you weren't – I mean, you said it was good, but you weren't loving it, and I think it sounds like you've you've really soured on it the last couple episodes. Um, the first episode's really strong. I, I, that first episode sets it up, and it kind of – like we're talking about at the start of the podcast, it got your expectations really high, I feel like. And um, I guess the storyline is just isn't hitting it for you. I don't know. I I probably give it still a seven out of ten. I'm I'm liking it. Um, I I guess it's it's you have to be interested in the the quantum theory type aspect of it, and uh, without no, no. getting too much into the storyline. It's it's about like determin uh, determinism and uh, free will and uh, quantum physics. But in a real, like, macro level, like, you don't have to be an expert. I'm obviously an expert on any of these things. I don't know. I don't know from free will. <laughs> what do I know? I, um, I feel like the, uh, the, the story is, like, uh, not the story. The show is very much, like, interesting in its mood and atmosphere. And it has a certain tone that is interesting and like Ex Machina had, um, or Annihilation, another one of Alex Garland's movies, which I didn't like Annihilation as much as Ex Machina. But anyway, Devs has a, a nice, like, a solid atmosphere and tone, and it's, like, it's interesting to watch for that, but that only gets you so far. I feel like the story is not, it's, a, it's just not carrying me into, like, there's too many moments of, 
just uh, reflection. And I'm like, ah, enough reflection. Let's go. Give me some more story. Uh, so it's okay. Yeah, I, I feel would, like they could have done it a lot better. Uh, yeah, packed more I would, action in. Probably give it a five. Okay. To be honest, like I didn't. The, you know, to give you an uh, an example, I um, I started watching it. And I kept watching it until the end, which is that necess- that doesn't necessarily mean for every show. I don't do that. Like there's shows like Little Fires Everywhere. I started watching and I don't think I'm going to finish it. Like it's, it's just, just it's just so it, I mean, it's so ABC network TV. Lifetime. Like, it uh, felt lifetime. It, it, it's very like uh, like uh, it's just boring. It, it's very like mainstream uh, in a in a boring sort of way like not uh, not in an interesting mainstream like i like i'm not a snob like i we said earlier like i like mtv's the challenge i like top chef like i'll watch mainstream stuff it's just that like it's just little fires everywhere it's just not mainstream in an interesting or fun way like it's there's no fun it's just like eh oh is it really her daughter oh god (laughs) i don't care i don't care I don't like. I don't care what happens uh, with like this photograph that she took in the eighties. Oh God, <laughs> it's like the worst. I don't care who burned down the house. This is not even. This isn't even spoilers, by the way. This happens in like the first five minutes of the show. <laughs> so anyway, I liked Debs to the point of finishing it, but I didn't like it to the point of like I wouldn't necessarily recommend it for other people. It was like barely a five. It was fine at times. Yeah, Little Fires Everywhere, I'd probably give like a two. I watched the first couple, and it, it kind of piqued my interest. And then they brought in that baby and that whole baby storyline. It was just like, I do not <laughs> care. Come on. This is so stupid. It was so <laughs> bad. Oh, my God. It was like – and then the uh, the worst is like – it's sometimes like I actually watched a couple episodes just to watch it because it was so bad that it was like a, <laughs> a hate watch because it was like, wait a minute. They are only it's only 12 years before and they have different actresses playing the part of Reese Witherspoon and um, Carrie Washington. But they look nothing like them. Like it's like it's only a 12 year difference. Like, why didn't you just they should have just did makeup on Carrie Washington and Reese Witherspoon. The fact that they use different actresses was so laughably bad of a choice that it's like, okay, I'm immediately pulled out of this because. Like they're saying when she was a when she was like a young mother, she had uh, a totally different face than when she was an old when she was like 10 years older. She has a different face again. Like what? Like why? Are they, why are they using different actresses? That was driving me nuts. And when I'm like, you know, pulling stuff out like that, I'm like, oh, I'm totally not into this at all. I, <laughs> I guess I didn't get that far where they did that, but yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> Great. Uh, let's see. We'll, we'll get to the movies, I think, on, on next week's show because we've talked <laughs> a lot about watching already. We're already like 40 minutes in here. But Top Chef and The Challenge, we both watch those. Uh, if you want some mindless television and you're not watching them, uh, they're on demand and uh, both very entertaining. Top Chef. I think is a little bit more like you can dive in. First of all, you have to like cooking to, to some extent, I, I, th- I think, or at least uh, seeing really delicious food. Um, but you don't need to have any past experience watching the show. The challenge, uh, you know, it, it, it used to be called MTV Road Rules. And 
I think if you just dive into this season, you'll think it's like really like you have to have some sort of knowledge of the characters, at least from my. I mean, I, I'm sure some people would enjoy it, but uh, I think just having known the the characters for seasons, you you enjoy it a little bit more. What do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, it's. I mean, I feel like they're guilty pleasures that like, if you uh, you know like if you if you were a big fan of like steakums as a kid and you got a steakum now like people would be like you know like a lot of people who never had it as a kid would be like wow it tastes a lot like cardboard <laughs> but if you had it as a kid you're like this is delicious are you out of your mind this is steakum this is like the best thing ever it's like there's a certain level of like guilty pleasure where it's like it, it takes you back to when you're younger and it really has nothing to do with whether or not something is good or not. It's just like it, it transports you to a, a different time in your life. I, I think a lot of that has to do with the challenge where like I think someone who never watched it before, if they were to watch it now, they'd be like, this is the worst show. <laughs> <laughs> It's like really bad show. Like it's really like it's a it's stretched out to ninety minutes now, and they they just go around and they just talk shit about each other. And there's like there's really like no actual like there's nothing there's not a show even. It's just basically <laughs> carting out some of their like reality show personalities that are like please just watch this. So well, I don't if you were watching i don't think if you ever if you never watched it before you would necessarily jump in and watch it now and top chef top chef i feel like is just it's a quality reality show where if you're into food i think you would get in i think you'd watch it and be into it yeah yeah i think that's a fair assessment on both i mean the challenge they have challenges and they're kind of uh they're typically physical challenges where you have to have some <laughs> level of skill but sometimes there's puzzles and stuff like that those are those are kind of stupid, but they can be entertaining at times. I don't know, but yeah, Top Chef. I mean, there's. I was doing a, uh, I I had a uh, an ex who uh, she worked in the reality TV world, and she would say to me like, "There's the the good challenges on a reality show are the ones where you are you're you're interested in who's gonna win, and you 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 would want to do it yourself. And the bad challenges are the ones where it looks like they're having fun." but you have no interest and it's no fun to watch it. <laughs> like, and I feel like there's a lot of challenges, like a lot on the MTV challenge where you're watching it. It's like, that looks like fun if I was there, but throwing a barrel at the side of a plane is not fun to watch. <laughs> I mean, it's just dumb. Like, oh, they have paint in a barrel and you're throwing it out, out a plane. Like, uh, okay. Like, there's no like you can't even see like the the aspect for strategy. It's just like you're just throwing shit out of a plane. Yeah, the camera angles were terrible on that one too. Part, so terrible. Part of why I enjoy them too is that uh, the social aspect for me. Like my girlfriend watches them. Uh, our old roommate watches them. His girlfriend watches them. Uh, my girlfriend's sister watched them. When I created a pool for for Top Chef and the challenge, so I've got stake in it now. I'm, I'm gonna win some money when. Uh, I've got um, who do I have for the challenge? Because we haven't talked about this yet. I've got uh, I got first pick, so I got Jordan. I got Jordan in the challenge, and then second round, I ended up with uh, bananas. He fell all the way to me at the end of the second round in my challenge pool. So I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, I I would say Jordan is definitely a first rounder. I think bananas 
the uh, it's an interesting twist now because they have an interesting twist. Like there's anything interesting in the show, <laughs> but anyway, it's interesting that they have to go into the uh, the pit and uh, try and fight for elimination. Like before, some of these guys would skate through. So if you were picking bananas in the second round before you knew the twist, you that's a huge pick because bananas usually does skate through. But now that people have to go into the ring and challenge for uh, the elimination, I can't even believe we're talking about this. Okay, let's move. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's move on. <laughs> Top Chef, I got. Uh, <laughs> I won't even. T- maybe we'll talk about Top Chef next week. But yeah, we've gone so far into these TV shows. We need to get into your coffee maker. We've buried the lead here. <laughs> Uh, so, so the segment is something that made us happy or mad this week. And Gray, tell us about your coffee maker and uh, and and about Rudy. Oh, but, well, okay, I need to like set up the uh, the coffee. I feel like people need to know how I am with my coffee because I well I, they also need to know how stupid I am with technology. So I don't know like I can't even program the clock in my microwave. I'm not. I'm really dumb. I'm not a smart person when it comes to electronics. So anyway, I, you know, with the coronavirus and COVID-19 and uh, quarantining and not being able to go out or going out and nothing being open, I had to make, you know, I had to say, okay, well, instead of going out to get coffee, I'm going to make coffee. Like that's, you know, big sacrifice in my life. I had to, uh, I had to decide, you know, how I was going to make coffee every day uh, because I drink like, you know, maybe two cups a day and I need to have coffee here. And, you know, for like the first week of quarantine, I believe like Coogs was uh, ordering me like those Stumptown pre-made uh, refrigerator jammies and I was drinking those, which were fine, but there was like, you know, if you didn't get a window for an Amazon, you weren't getting coffee. And I couldn't like risk not having coffee in the refrigerator, one of those pre-made things. And, um, you know, usually I actually I don't know if you watched uh, the movie Barista on Amazon Prime. It's a uh, documentary. It's good. It's about uh, like a coffee championship. Like the people go, I believe they go to like Austin, Texas, and they uh, a challenge each other to make the best cup of coffee and the guy who wins (laughs) this is not it's not a huge spoiler but i guess it's a little bit of a spoiler the guy who wins has a coffee shop that is literally four blocks away from me so that is where i go for coffee every day (laughs) usually like i usually get really good coffee with with for like five dollars a pop which is you know about the price you're paying to listen to this nonsense (laughs) so (laughs) i usually get great coffee so i have a a certain level a certain standard that i expect and i will never get that with my own coffee i've now realized so i said to um rudy who i need a coffee maker uh and he was like oh mine's the best this is such a good one i'm like well you know, I do have the best coffee in the country around the corner for me. So, I mean, my standards are pretty high. And Rudy's like, no, this is the coffee maker for you. So I'm like, nah, all right, how much? He's like, well, it's $300. I'm like, wow, that's a, that's a lot of Patreon podcast subscribers. <laughs> I'll tell you that. $300 for a coffee maker. Like, I know that, it, you know, it, it adds up when you go out to get a cup of coffee every day. But $5, uh, you know. Feels like nothing, just like this podcast. <laughs> so, I, uh, so I anyway, I was like, okay, fine, three hundred dollars. I need to have a coffee maker. I'm gonna get one. 
So I uh, I get this coffee maker that really suggests a uh, Breville, and man, what a shit show! I mean, I cannot make a cup of coffee in this thing. The um the pot, like the pot lid doesn't come off. Like you cannot get coffee out of the pot. Like the coffee goes in the pot and never comes out. Like I'm like, yo. Know, so I called up Rudy. I was like. Yeah, what's up with like the pot? Like you can't get the coffee out. And he's like, oh yeah, you could just if you dump it all the way over, you can like uh, you can clean it out. I'm like, what? Like why would I have to dump? Like you don't want to have to dump a coffee pot through like completely 180 from top to bottom. Like this is a, it's like the worst. It is such an awful coffee pot. So then the machine. I guess I somehow I messed up the other day going back to the fact that I'm bad at technology. Somehow the coffee maker, like I put it on to, uh, you know, I put it on, I, I turn it on to make me coffee or whatever. And, and I go into uh, get in the shower. I come back and there's coffee literally everywhere over my, my kitchen, like everywhere. Like coffee has exploded all over the place. I think uh, donkey actually has a picture of my, my coffee. <laughs> maker with a fiasco <laughs> and then oh and then the, oh this is the best so i'm like I, so i said to rudy i was like what what is the deal with the uh like the coffee like in the uh like in the filter like do you like use paper filters or like i don't like i'm like i say again i'm really dumb so he's like no you don't need you don't need paper filters they it has a built-in filter So I'm like, oh, okay, but what do you do with the grinds when you're done? He's like, you just, you know, throw out as much as you can in the garbage and then rinse it out in the sink. I'm like, so I'm clogging up my pipes for fucking coffee? <laughs> I'm going to have, like, septic tank issues over goddamn fucking coffee. It's the worst coffee maker. Anyway. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll try to get the picture, the picture posted with this. It is pretty funny because, you, you know, you're there with your hands up, <laughs> all confused. There's uh, paper towels and coffee all over the place. Yeah. Well, I was in, the, you know, we have our chat with you, me, and Rudy in there. And I was in there when he was recommending it. And I didn't want to get into, uh, you know, my recommendations because I, it was about uh, geez, a year and a half ago now, I gave up um, flour and sugar. You know, I should be the one out there in California because I... I, I, I lived the, the super clean life and uh, gave up sugar and flour. So I filled in with You're a yoga guy and you don't you don't eat flour and sugar. I mean, Jesus, you are a California. Yeah, What are yeah, you doing? I, I, yeah, I'm vegetarian. I, I, I don't drink either. I know you don't drink. I used to drink a lot. Used to used to be in the drug game, but I had a, you know, kind of a transformation somewhere along the way. I gave up sugar flour. I subbed in uh, espresso, cappuccinos. And I was spending way too much money, like you, going out and getting my uh, my cappuccino every day. And I decided to invest in my own setup. And you know, I was looking at different machines. You know, if you want like the the deluxe machine, you're going to spend a couple grand. You can get like Nespresso, which is probably what you should have done because you can get the pods and. Oh. I just, totally you know. should have gotten Nespresso. Yeah. I can't even get steam milk with this thing. This is just a. <laughs> who drinks drip coffee? It doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, wasn't I gonna, wasn't like, going to knock Rudy's suggestion. Why would you ever spend $300 on a coffee maker that doesn't do steamed milk? Like, <laughs> I could have got a giant espresso machine for this fucking thing. I mean, it's just such a bad purchase. So I ended up, I ended up getting... Ready, Billy. 
Like, she's so sick of me talking about this coffee maker because, like, our world during quarantine is so small. It's like, you, there's only a few things you can talk about. So I'm like, coffee maker is, like, the top of my list for bitching about. And she's like, as soon as this quarantine's over, I'm putting your coffee thing on eBay. And you're never going to be able to talk about this again. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. So my setup, I sent you some pictures. I don't know if you looked at them. You got them in your, your Twitter inbox. But I ended up reading a bunch of Amazon reviews. And this one had great reviews. And it's a, it's a hand press espresso machine. And uh, the reviews, the one that really hooked me, it said, uh, if you get this, you'll be uh, hipster level four automatically. And only, the only way to get up to hipster level five is to grow the beans yourself. Uh, so you, you, you grind the beans, you have to grind them within 10 minutes, 10 minutes before you, you do your, uh, your, your espresso brew. And oh my God, you... this coffee maker Rudy suggested, the grinding is so loud. Every morning it's like, God damn it, shut your coffee machine up. <laughs> so you grind the beans for mine and then you have to put them, put them in the, this little cylinder and you have to tamp it down and then you put that in this, uh, this base and then you've got this like piston that you have to fill up with boiling water and you need to preheat the piston. Then you put that piston on top of the coffee grinds and you fill it again with more boiling water and you put a, a little thing on top that you, it's kind of like a vice and you lower the thing down by hand and the boiling water gets shot through the espresso grinds into a little shot glass and you've got your one shot of espresso. And then if you want to double, you got to you know do more it's a whole process and it, you know if you get it down it's about 10 minutes it's delicious super fresh very strong and then i got my milk frother uh you know i my girlfriend was was very much like coos because i kept buying more and more stuff i was like well i now i need a burr grinder you know because i have to have the perfect <laughs> the perfect grain size on these grinds if i want the highest quality espresso and then i you know i've, I've gotten into all these different kinds of beans and stuff like that but Thank you know you. I, you know where I'm where I'm at now with milk is I have a uh, I, I I pour like about I don't know maybe a quarter of a cup of milk into a bowl and I take a hand whisk and I <laughs> and then I and then I like slide the the whipped milk into my coffee <laughs> I pretend that that's foam. <laughs> if we ever uh, if we ever are able to leave our houses and go to Jackson Hole. As we're supposed to, I'll bring my my setup and I'll make you some some fresh cappuccino with froth milk. All right. I, All right. So let's talk about uh, stimulus checks now, since it's on the on the top of everyone's mind here. Great, you've got some ideas. I actually practically uh, had a practical use, and I, I bought a 43 inch 4K TV that I'm using as a monitor because I set up a, a home office in my basement now, and it's made life a whole lot. I finally got this thing set up. I had to go through. Um, three different sets of cords. I, I didn't realize the ports were going to be so difficult on the computer I've got. I thought it was an HDMI port. Apparently, there's this thing called a Display Port. Anyway, I, the, the third cord that I ordered off Amazon was the right one. Now I've got this 43-inch TV set up. It's pretty sweet. But you've got some ideas for how people can can spend their stimulus yeah. checks, huh? Yeah, yeah, no, I do. But uh, speaking of uh, of port issues and having to send stuff back, I had. Uh, my my mouse my my wireless mouse was giving me problems this week even though probably I just need new batteries <laughs> but I uh, I was having problems with it 
So like um, during uh, when Coogs was during one of her like breathing or meditation classes uh, that she was tele teleporting into, <laughs> I, I went into her office and I switched out our mouses and then uh, our mouses. I don't I don't think there's a plural for mouse, but you're anyway, your mice, mice, yeah, yeah, there is a plural, right? <laughs> Mouses. So I uh, switched out the. Uh, I switched her mouse out with mine. <laughs> like, like an hour later, she comes. She comes over to my office and she's like, "Did you switch our?" Um... <laughs> Good one. Um, no. <laughs> Why would I do that? So she's like, "My mouse is broken now. I have to order a new one." I'm like, "Well, I guess you got to order one. I don't know. I don't know what happened." <laughs> And then, so she orders one. <laughs> Today it comes at, at lunch, and all of a sudden I hear her start screaming. She's I, she's not she's not a screamer often, but occasionally she'll get pissed off. She's like, "Ah, oh, motherfucker!" I'm like, "What? What happened?" I ordered a mouse with a cord. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> Four days later, she's still having issues with my mouse. Um, okay, so anyway, so yeah, we got the stimulus checks, and I was like, oh, I, I, I wanted to, I googled around to see what we could buy, because, you know, <laughs> I got nothing else to do, so I was looking at some stuff, and uh, here's a few of the, the top things that I could, <laughs> could figure out, <laughs> okay, so, um, there was something called, uh, for, you get 32 ounces of wolf urine <laughs> for 19 <laughs> I don't know why you need 13 ounces of wolf urine, but you can for 19. So uh, I did the math. You can get 66 bottles of <laughs> wolf urine, except the only problem is they don't, they won't ship it to you. I, I tried. They, uh, they said the limit is 10 bottles. I don't know why there would be a limit on how much wolf urine you could do. Like, what if I really needed like, Twelve hundred dollars worth of wolf urine. Like, why would you cut that off? That that seems un-American, frankly. It's just not right. No. No. So maybe next week we'll call up the wolf urine company and find out why they won't allow me to buy sixty-six bottles of wolf urine. Though honestly, at thirty-two ounces a, a bottle of wolf urine, I'm not even sure what the um, I don't know what the shipping would cost there. So that's uh, it, it probably would put me over. It'd probably put me over on my stimulus. We can maybe only get like fifty bottles if you include shipping. Okay. Um, my other thing I had, so I, I was looking up uh, just nonsense, obviously. <laughs> so I was looking up nonsense online to see what kind of uh, shit I could get. So I was like, I think I Googled something like the most ridiculous Christmas gift or something, something like that, that brought me to this site. And there uh, was a, uh, a picture for bandages made of bacon. <laughs> So that's so that's ridiculous. I mean, indubitably ridiculous. Like, there's no doubt anyone who's buying someone a bandage made of bacon is obviously dumb. I mean, it's just like the stupidest thing. But the person who's receiving a bandage made of bacon is also got to be pretty stupid. So I was so I, I mentioned this because it turns out like about 10 years ago, I had an ex-girlfriend who bought me a bandage made of bacon. So she probably, so she must have thought I was so stupid that I would actually enjoy a bandage made of bacon. It looks like a band-aid, 
but it's in the shape of bacon. Okay, anyway. But is it actually bacon? No, it oh. looks like bacon. It's not really bacon. Oh. It was. A, it didn't even smell like bacon. It was really like, I think that was the point where me and her broke up. Um, <laughs> yeah, depending, <laughs> depending how good this Patreon <laughs> podcast does, yeah, maybe I'll go into some stories about ex-girlfriends. Uh, okay, so then there's another one. Well, hey, I got one. Uh, I got something. A... I got something about the bacon. While we're on it, I've been watching a bit of um, Shark Tank oh, lately. Yeah. I've been watching a bit of Shark oh, Tank, and they've got uh, love... this guy came on with a bacon alarm clock. You cook the bacon before bed, and you put it into the alarm clock, and then you set the time, and then whatever it is, ten minutes before your alarm's supposed to go off, it turns on and starts cooking the bacon right next to your bed there. And so you wake up to oh, that smell of bacon, and then you can open the drawer and eat that piece of bacon. They didn't invest in it, but it was an interesting idea. No, I like it. Actually, that's better than the coffee pot that I bought for $300. So here's another one. So I have uh, – it's called a, a nap sack. And what it is, it's a uh, trash bag you put over your head so you can sleep anywhere. <laughs> it's $9.99. So, so people <laughs> – People nearby can see you on the park bench with the uh, the plastic bag over your head. It's plastic? <laughs> so they could be like, is that guy suffocating? <laughs> is he napping? Uh, yeah, that, that doesn't sound safe, Gray. Uh, it doesn't, but you know what? It's only $9.99, so you can get 120 of them. So uh, maybe not safe, but also could be practical as a gift. <laughs> For other people, you can give them out. Maybe if you have a family reunion <laughs> or if you work for like a uh, a cult or something and you're like, you know, like your people are about to leave their earth skin. And it's like, here's a plastic bag. I call it a knapsack. Uh, and, I, I mean, you could just use one of those those masks. Yeah, I don't And an AP sack, by the way. There's no K on that. OK, so. um, All right. The uh, the last one was actually something. <laughs> Frankly, it was really, it was really good. Uh, I'm surprised it was on this list of things that are terrible <laughs> gifts. This list of terrible gifts, and this one, I don't know. So it's a 24-ounce bag of cereal marshmallows, which sounds amazing. I mean, that sounds great, doesn't it? Well, you know, I'm not doing the sugar, but it sounds good, yeah. Oh, my God, that's right. I forgot. I, uh, I love cereal marshmallows. Okay, I know you're not eating sugar, but cereal marshmallows? Or hot chocolate marshmallows, the tiny ones, both tiny, both dry, <laughs> both no no moisture whatsoever. The, the, the sugar just makes you pucker. It's so sweet. <laughs> Which one? Uh, I, I think uh, cereal. I, I, yeah, but, uh, yeah, man, of course. They got like different shapes, different colors, even though the colors all taste the same. I, I'm a big fan of cereal marshmallows. I uh, Actually, I used to go to this yogurt place where the the frozen yogurt was awful but they had cereal marshmallows as a topping i was like ah the yogurt sucks but those cereal marshmallows i just loved it so anyway the last the, the last thing you could do with your stimulus check according to according to me you can buy 15,000 live ladybugs there you go all right. Well, yeah. Hopefully, they send the actual ladybugs and not those uh, Japanese beetles that are infesting <laughs> everything these days. Oh my God! So I uh, we'll we'll save this for another uh, Patreon podcast. But I did a uh, 
I did a short film when I was in grad school, and I had to I had to buy live bugs, and I, I was, we'll we'll save it for another podcast. But it was I had I had a bug wrangler. We'll just say this. It. This sounds like a pre-corona story uh, that yeah. we'll keep lined up. <laughs> All right, we're we're so, we're so long here, but um, we're going to talk about uh, our question from the audience, our mailbag segment, and just off the bat here. If you have any questions for for us, you can. Uh, what do you? I'll have them email me at donkey teeth, um, or just it's just donkey teeth at rasball.com. Now that my email's working, huh, Gray? Yeah. Oh God, we can talk about that next week. <laughs> you son of a bitch! <laughs> I almost oh, got kicked oh, off the show. Fucking morning, donkey <laughs> keeps asking me how to fix his email. Like I even know how to do my own fucking email. Uh, anyway, all right. Uh, yeah, so email me if you have any questions, and we'll try to get to them on on the show, or maybe we'll pick the best one depending on how many come in. Uh, donkey teeth at raswell.com. But baby seal, he gave us a question for this week. Gray, he wants uh, to know if he can can get a little more info on our respective backgrounds. Uh, what, what can you tell him about about your past and what led you to? Uh, the fantasy industry and and baseball and and all that kind of stuff. Where'd you grow up too? We want to know. Oh my god, it's like so general. What's your, what's your life story? Yeah, I mean, this is such a general question that I like. I would need I, my if you were to read out my answer, it would be in a uh, a comment size of baby seal. <laughs> <laughs> That's how much I would have to tell you in order to give you all my information. I uh, I'll keep it short and we'll do. Uh, We'll talk more about how I started Razzball maybe in another podcast because that's uh, that could be a whole episode talking about starting Razzball. And, uh, you know, I started it during – it was the uh, 2007 uh, WGA writer strike, uh, and I got laid off, so I started Razzball. Um, and then in 10 years from now, I can be like, I started a Patreon podcast because of quarantine, and now look at it. Uh so, yeah, and then uh, I grew up in Jersey, and we could talk more about that on another podcast, but that's, like, you know, pretty big. <laughs> like the mailbag. Someone gets their question read off, and then I give the worst <laughs> answers. Well, we talked for, you know, 50 minutes about the challenge. So. <laughs> oh, man. No, I know, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, we'll talk on another podcast about, like, you know, where I grew up and uh, also uh, – well, I wrote about it in Who is Gray Albright, too. But, yeah, we can talk about that and how I started Razzball. But, yeah, I started it because of uh, the WGA strike, and I grew up in Jersey. So what's your uh, what's your story there, Don? Uh, yeah, so I uh, I kind of got uh, I got poached by Ralph. I met Ralph and uh, <laughs> not really poached. I, I kind of got kicked out over at Lenny Melnick's site. Uh, B-Don and I met over there. And uh, actually, I guess it goes back to Tim McLeod and Rich Wilson. They've got the Prospect 365 podcast, I think it's called now. We used to listen to that. Uh, it's, it's a dynasty show, a lot of prospect stuff. Uh, you know Tim. He's hilarious. And we love that show. <laughs> we love that show. They, they talked about Lenny. Lenny had a, a new site that uh, had opened up recently went over there and checked it out. And Lenny's just, uh, he's kind of like you in the comments, uh, probably like 30 years from now, what you're going to be like. <laughs> <laughs> he just sits there in the chat room that he has on his website and talks to people. And we're like, yeah, this is cool. You know, talking baseball all day. And B-Don and I, 
uh, got acquainted there, and we decided to, to start a podcast up over on his site, and uh, they kind of showed us how to, to do it and post it and all that kind of stuff. And then somewhere along the way, after is after I, I met up with Ralph in Boston, because Ralph and I met, met on Twitter, uh, just talking baseball, and we ended up hooking up out in uh, Boston for a Red Sox game. And maybe a month after that, maybe less, had a falling out over at Lenny's site. Uh, they took uh, took offense to Ralph calling me Rasball's own on the podcast with you, and uh, basically they, they just, uh, in my opinion, totally overreacted, and and we just said enough. Like we're not getting paid to do this; we're doing it for fun. It's not worth the headache. And Ralph reached out to you about uh, bringing our pod on, and we were both kind of dabbling in writing at Rasball at that time, and. Uh, you decided to give uh, Bunderscore and Donkey Teeth a shot, and the rest is history over here. So that's kind of how we got in, just the uh, uh, generosity of you and Ralph uh, giving us a chance. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, uh, when people reach out to me uh, and ask if they could write or uh, you know, do something for Rasball, I'm usually pretty receptive to it because you know, I know it's not easy to break into the business. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean you, know, you can sort of get a feel for whether or not someone's going to work for Rasball after, uh, you know, a, a couple months. But, yeah, no, if, if someone wants an opportunity, I, I'm usually pretty open to giving people opportunity. I don't know. But that's cool that, uh, you know, it's cool that you were able to come over and uh, and start up with Rasball. Because I think, I feel like you are, like, you're you're good, you, you understand the Rasball sensibility better than most. And you've, uh, you know, you've really... You know, we welcomed you, but you really earned your stripes in the last couple of years. I mean, there's, you know, it's definitely been like, you know, you might have gotten the opportunity. We might have opened the door and been like, yeah, sure, do what you, you know, if you want to, you want to come over, come over. But you definitely took advantage of uh, of me, you bastard. <laughs> no, you know what I'm yeah, no, you're uh, you definitely have earned your stripes by this point. So, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. And and as far as where I'm from, I'm from the Chicago area. I, I'm out west of I grew up north of Chicago. I'm west of Chicago now. Uh, I, I'm teaching yoga. Me and me and Coogs are going to hook up uh, next week. So. <laughs> <laughs> you're going uh, to be on a a Skype yoga call with Coogs doing yoga, and I'm going to walk out of the bathroom in like a towel, and be like, "Hey, what's going on?" Where's the peach pear? Where's the peach pear on LaCroix? <laughs> oh, man. Well, that'll be for next week's show, I guess. Yeah, we, well, we didn't do too great hitting all of our segments that we had lined out. Uh, <laughs> we didn't do it. We only did like half of them. We, we gotta, we'll do better next. I mean, this is, like I said again, lower the bar. This way we can get over it. Expectations low. Um, yeah, we'll try and do our surprise phone call maybe next week that'll be good or we'll just keep stringing the audience along they'll keep coming back for that phone call it's never gonna happen so good if we could if we can make it happen it will be so good but right now i uh i think we've already gone long so yeah yeah Yeah, we'll call it here and and you know if there's any feedback from the audience any anything that they would like if if you're dying for uh some baseball talk there's really nothing nothing for us to talk about and gray's talking for an hour a week with uh, Ralph already about nothing about baseball, but we could try to mix a little. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, whatever. I mean, honestly, 
we're uh, we're willing to talk about whatever. I I wouldn't mind. You know, maybe I'll give you some homework and we'll talk about movies next week versus TV. But yeah, we could talk about we could literally talk about anything anyone wants. So yeah, we're open. All right. Well, uh, anything else here, Gray? What do you got going on the, this weekend? You want to make this a little longer? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah. No. I, I uh, on the weekends every weekend I uh, I do baking, which now everyone's getting into bread making. Uh, Can you still find flour? So I can, yeah, I have a ton. I get, uh, yeah, I have a lot of flour just even from before because I have like a 32 ounce thing of uh, wolf urine. <laughs> I uh, I have like a ton of stuff. We could actually, we could talk about my baking one week too on this Patreon thing if you want. We could do that. Yeah, I mean, you sent me a picture of that cake that you made. Uh, that was probably six months ago. It was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, no, I, uh, I, I've been seriously trying to... Uh, like, you know, as a hobby, as serious as a hobby is, like, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not opening a bakery. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a professional baker, but I do like, I enjoy it. It takes like, you know, it's a good, uh, it's a good stress reliever for me. Cause I can, I do it and I literally can't think about anything else while I'm doing it. Like it's like a hundred percent focus. So it's good. Like, you know, how some people probably do exercising where it's 100 percent focus on exercise. I don't I don't exercise. So, uh, yeah, no, it's all good. But, yeah, maybe another week we'll talk about that. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm into cooking. I'm not much of a baker. Well, plus, you know, I'm not doing the sugar. So there's not a whole lot of stuff that you you can bake without sugar and flour. But um, I you know, the that's kind of what the 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 cappuccinos are kind of like an art form for me. I'm into gardening, too. I, I like to cook. So we got plenty of stuff in common here, Gray. We'll talk about it on future episodes. Uh, but you can follow Gray on uh, on Twitter, at Razball. He's the, the at Razball account. I'm at DonkeyTeeth87. And uh, email me at DonkeyTeeth at Razball.com with any questions you want us to cover or any feedback on the show. Uh, until next week, Gray, you have a, an awesome weekend. And tell Coogs I said hey. All right, late. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right, one month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details.